Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. Today's show is brought to you as a public service. The expression, <laughs> what the laugh, the express, the opinions expressed by the hosts and the guests. <laughs> I can't even say this now. You just totally screwed me up. <laughs> I'm Ron Kolick, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles. And there is my co-host, the blonde bombshell herself, and Kerrigan. <laughs> if we're the, if, to me? if we're the, all I did was giggle. You can't uh, giggle when I'm being serious. I'm, you're not serious. <laughs> I was uh, serious. I won't giggle. Read it now. We have a new disclaimer now. Now it's too late now. It's totally gone. Everybody uh, thinks I'm kidding now. How Jeez. come we have a disclaimer? Well, I'm tired of being sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. You know what? If Ghost Chronicles Next Generation is a public service announcement, we are all in deep doo-doo. That's all it I have is. to say. Okay. It is, and I can tell you why, because of the emails that I get that people actually enjoy the show. Oh, so my. there you go. That's fabulous. I don't know why, but they do. I don't know who you people are, but thank you. <laughs> well, we thank John. We thank John. That's for you. John is our, our longest fan. He's been yes, he in our chat room forever. That's right. So That's our, right. Hats, our hats are off to you, John. As well as the other people that. Oh, I don't see the para X side. So I, yeah. I am at a loss there. So John Whatever. says, I hope you have a lot of wine in. Yes, yes, I do. Mm. <laughs> I have plenty of alcohol. There you go. Have so, you anyways. Latest endeavor? Yeah, yeah, drink of the okay. day. Drink yeah. of the day. Alec. <sighs> yeah. God. Whatever. You're going to be embalmed when they, you don't even have, they won't even have to embalm you. All they do is, that's it. Just Oh, just, I know. You know. Just, you know, I only make one. It's not like I yeah, sure you do. Sure make you enough do. for 100 I've people. I've never seen you without a drink in your hand. Oh, stop it. Yes, you have. Yeah, you little don't lush. Make, don't, don't speak <laughs> badly of me. Don't believe him. Don't believe him. People sure. just don't. Yeah, just don't. Our loyal <laughs> listeners. Who is the Looking for alcohol and begging for alcohol on Facebook, huh? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Who does that? No. The pumpkin spice liqueur yeah. is so Who bad. They anyway. stopped making that stuff. I couldn't find it anywhere, but now I have like five bottles. There you go. Oh, so anyways, we have a guest today. So yes, we do. This is a guy I've met oh, years and years ago, and uh, years ago. used to run that's Crossroads, that's Paranormal Crossroads, I, I think that was the name of the site. Anyways, he is the most, I don't even know what I'm going to say anymore, Chris Balzano. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. I, I get no introduction, just, I don't even know what to say about him, it's just oh. Chris Balzano. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, well, welcome. Oh my goodness. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> mm. You're Sorry welcome. Sorry to say having me back. 
Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, you're down in Florida now. You used to live up here. You used to have a great site. Uh, and you. Uh, you, bet you went and escaped Massachusetts and moved down <laughs> to the to big, big red state of Florida. So that's good. I appreciate I you on that. I would out because I do not consider my, my situation any better down here than it was up there. <laughs> so there you go. So... <laughs> Chris, is your volume up high, or is it just me? And are you hearing them all right? It's a little, yeah, it's a little bit loud. So maybe uh, Roy, Roy. He's a little no. bit distorted. Roy, Roy can bring it down. Hopefully, he can if he's paying attention. Anyway, okay. uh, so Chris, thank you uh, for joining us. And you are pretty much involved in legends now. That's your that's your slick, right? Your thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I you know as as you know, having worked with me, gone to different sites actually together um i used to be more of an investigator used to rely much more on evidence and um after getting out of the business for a while um i came back in because i was always drawn more to the story behind haunting than Mm -hmm. anything that actually happened during the haunting um and so you know I, i decided to kind of put the investigator aside and now instead of evidence i look for experience so i i consider myself a legend tripper now uh-huh. So, so what's the difference between a mess tonight? I'm an alcoholic and you're a mess. Okay. I know it. You know what it is? It, it's got that. I have that sympathy uh, uh, thing. You know, like you, you know, with somebody you work with a long time, you end up picking up all their traits and stuff. So, ah, uh, yep. So you get to drink it, and I get looking like your dog after a while, or you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. She gets to drink it, and I get to slur it. <laughs> okay. I just thought you were. Okay. I just thought you were excited to be talking to me again. That's what it was. Like you know, I left you kind of speechless. He was tongue-tied. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely what it was. <laughs> so taking what I think your question was, what is the difference between the two of them? Um, I think an investigator looks to prove or disprove that a haunting is real, um, and through that. Their primary focus is to gather evidence, to evaluate evidence that oftentimes involves helping people, you know, if that's if, if you're doing residential hauntings or things like that. And it's and it's more of a search for the truth behind whether ghosts exist. Whereas a legend tripper is much more about what is the story. Like it's about the experience. Why do people tell this ghost story about this location for however long? So it's much more about the people who tell the story and what is actually going on, that it is trying to capture it and kind of like present it to other people so that they might believe that ghosts are real. Okay, so is that kind of research? It's not taking it as seriously. It's, it's not a science. It's, it's the science of folklore. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like the research part of ghost of uh, ghost hunting? Yes, if you're good at it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, should be, you should be looking into the history. If you're, if you're doing even a residential uh, investigation, you should be looking into the context of things. Why might things be the way that they are? Um, I think a lot of people have had stopped doing that for a very long time. It was much more about just going out and getting the best EVP or the best picture or the best video evidence. And they oh, the best a lot of people, the cream rises to the top, right? So the best people were still doing that background work. Um, one additional aspect of it is actually interviewing people in the area, trying to figure out what a a certain ghostly legend in the place means for the community. Why does the community choose this story to back up whatever uh, weird thing might be happening there? 
So it's more of a, like a documentary than uh, an adventure uh, series. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, like, you know, I'll give you an example of, of one. We, you know, we, <laughs> we looked into one probably about two years ago uh, that had to do with um, the Bloody Bucket Bridge, right? And it was Ooh. all about this place where if you go there by the light of the full moon, uh, and you dump your bucket. You dunk your bucket in the water. It'll turn blood red, and you can even put it on the shores of this little one little place in the town, and uh, it'll it'll fill up with blood. And the whole backstory has to do with um, with uh, um, I always I always blank on what the term is, but a woman who helps deliver babies, a midwife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was an African American midwife who, for different reasons, depending on the backstory. It was either because she hated the fact that her kids were taken away when she was originally a slave. Um, some say she was obsessed, like compulsively obsessed with uh, um, uh, population control. And so she started to kill the babies that she was delivering and pretending that they had been, been uh, died, you know, stillborn, taking them huh. to this section of the, of the river and dumping the remains and dumping the afterbirths and dumping the bodies at the request of the family. And she was eventually caught and fired, and she went crazy and killed herself in this part of the water, too. Um, and people oh. had been telling this story supposedly for 100 years. Um, and the more research that we did, we found not only was the story about 10 years old, um, but that it, had, it was not a ghostly legend at all. Like, no one had ever seen a ghost there. No one had ever heard anything weird there. It all had to do with people trying to explain why the water was getting rusty and, more importantly, why the road was called Bloody Bucket. And the more research we did, we found that it was called Bloody Bucket, you guys are like this, because at the end of the road was like a really rowdy bar. And so many people got into fights that every night when they cleaned the place out, right, they would have to dump these buckets of blood that were like, you know, half blood or half blood because there was so much on the floor. And so what we found was that um, a girl, a woman, had said, uh, you know, I think in 2004 it said, hey, this has been called Bloody Bucket Road. No one knows why. I'm going to make up a story that tells why. So let me make uh. up a ghost story for you because it's Halloween. And a mm-hmm. writer writing a book that shall remain nameless uh, basically read that story and didn't read the part about it being not true and published it in a book. And then other people started to spread it, and other people started to spread it, and all of a sudden this became this haunted location. And all was because some woman was born and didn't know why her street was called Bloody Bucket. Oh, so, so bad. didn't stop us from going there by the, by the light of the blood moon, thinking that we could get something. Spoilers, we did not hear her committing suicide, nor the crying children that were supposed to be heard, nor did our buckets filled with blood. Well, that kind of sucks. That's, yeah, well, but doesn't really no, like doesn't we're really at touching it. that legend. <laughs> we were doing something that people had been doing for at least 10 years. Most of the legends are older than that that we find. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, at least we were there at that night. We had a great time doing it. It was a way to discuss, like, oh, you know what this story is really about? Like, people mm-hmm. are scared that the people who, that they used to enslave are going to rise up and kill their children. Makes sense. Yeah, and so it's the sociological aspect that also adds that kind of level to. <laughs> well, that guy—that's uh, quite a legend. <laughs> I mean, to go from one to the other. What'd you say? But that is quite a legend to go from you know the very mundane to this right. fantastic, extraordinary thing that someone made up. 
<laughs> and it's and it's kind of cool because you can sit as a folklorist, you can sit back and you can see other websites like writing about the book and just mm-hmm. saying that it's true, right? And and then right. another one picks it up, and then another one picks it up. But you know, it all has to do with the stuff that, especially the three of us who have been doing this for decades now, see these haunted locations kind of become famous because one mm-hmm. person says one thing and then it gets repeated, then it gets repeated, then it gets repeated, right. and no one yeah. really remembers what the square the story came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be true. Really? It's on the internet. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we have a question from our chat room. John would like to know, Chris, when did uh, you get interested in the paranormal? Oh, the first time I met Ron, I had no interest until I heard his show. It was like, I've got yeah, to- oh, no. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, as a child, I watched every horror movie, right? Like, I was the generation that was raised uh, where our parents took us to the drive through to watch a kid's movie with an exorcist, with the exorcist following it. And they expected us to be asleep, and I was never asleep. Right? Yeah. Or all those late nights watching these absolutely horrific horror movies on HBO and, and TV 38, which used to show them unedited, right? Um, oh, yeah. And then when I got to college in Boston, I'm, I am from Massachusetts, like you said. Uh, when I got to college in Boston uh, at Emerson, I was in the Charles Gate Hotel, and it's considered one of the most haunted buildings in Boston itself, right? And it has all these great ghost stories, and of course, Emerson is a college of weirdos anyway, right? We're all writers and poets. Yeah, and you came from it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so people used to have these really weird experiences, and coming from all over the country, they all had these stories that explained it, like, oh... That reminds me of this story from Chicago or this story from Ohio or this story from California. And I started to realize that people needed something to explain ghosts. And so as I was documenting their stuff, I was also noting there was a lot of weird things going on. So I was both an investigator and kind of a storyteller, like retelling their story. But, you know, as I got more into this and I started a website, it was fortunately one of the first websites that focused just on Massachusetts. Um, I started to uh, look into the stories behind the Bridgewater Triangle. And once I did that, and once I started publishing things, especially about the redheaded hitchhiker of, uh, uh, of Route 44, things just mm-hmm. kind of took off because people were experiencing things, and the Internet hadn't taken off yet to, enough yet to have a lot of resources, so they had to be satisfied with whatever I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and so that just kind of, like, made things going, both of which yeah, you guys know the, the redheaded hitchhiker very well. Being where mm-hmm. you are, right? Absolutely. I've never picked him up personally, but know all about him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been looking for redheaded hitchhikers for quite a while now, and they never seem to be where I want them to be. I'm looking for the female ones myself. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you yeah. Are. I, I, I went all the way to North Carolina to track down a, a redheaded uh, hitchhiker girl. So I was like, all right, mm. finally, redheaded Ooh, girl. That sounds fine with and, me. Uh, well, unfortunately, I didn't find the red-headed hitchhiker girl, but that, the next day we were staying in a haunted hotel and a red-headed hooker ghost uh, did touch my butt. So, oh, there you go. You know, yeah. strike out one place, look somewhere else, I guess. Mm. That's, I mean, no, that works, you know. Exactly. So, it's exactly. Like, so it was like takeout. <laughs> right. Nice. Nice, Ron. Nice. Nice. Anyways, yep. uh, so, yeah. I mean, how, you have a, a podcast, right? Yeah, it's called Tripping on Legends. Tripping on Legends. And where can yeah. people find it? 
Um, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find it. Um, you know, it's, it's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, it's on Stitcher, all those places. Um, you can also, uh, we've kind of called it our dumping ground now. Um, you can go to the <laughs> Facebook page, pretty much has everything. So Facebook backslash Tripping on Legends. And then the <laughs> website, which is really long, is trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. That's where you can kind of find the stuff that we're doing. Oh, cool, cool. Awesome. So, so, yeah, same, and a few of the other projects I'm working on. So, so you said we. Who else is involved with you in this? Um, I do I do the majority of the research uh, and writing of it, but I currently have a, a co-host. Her name is Deanna Mulhern. She's actually from Weymouth. Um, so, oh. she's, you know, from our neck of the woods down here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's been my host for probably about four months. Uh, before that, I had another one. Um, and uh, she is, um, she's only been to two places, and well, at least one of the two had something weird happen going on. So I'm not sure if she's fully uh, been hooked into thinking that this stuff is real. Um, mm-hmm. Over the three and a half years that I've been doing this, I've probably had more paranormal experiences out in the field than I did as an investigator. Um, huh. She's had at least one weird experience. So I don't know if she's fully hooked into thinking that this stuff is real, but she's got a nice <laughs> critical mm-hmm. mind. All right. Really? What happened? Yeah. You tell us what happened? What did you say? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, what happened? That well, we were, um, we were tracking down a legend of Coker Cemetery in Arcadia, Florida. And Arcadia, Florida is considered just one of those paranormal hot spots um, that kind of finds its way onto all of the, the national websites. So it's got a, a, not only a ton of ghosts, but it's got a lot of UFO uh, sightings. There are a lot of UFO sightings down here. It's got a little yep. bit of skunk apes, that, you know, slash Bigfoot stuff going on. Um, but I had heard this story of uh, the Lot family, who were these group of people. The, the story goes that an outsider, depending on who tells the story, it's either a gypsy, uh, a Jewish person, or a black person, depending on kind of what they're trying <laughs> to put forth in the story. Oh, uh, but all, okay. typical, all typical traditional outsiders, right, um, mm-hmm. comes and does some work for the Lot family. And the Lot family refuses to pay him. And so as he's leaving, he puts a curse. He notices the wife is pregnant. And he puts a curse and says, none of your children will live uh, past their first year. Right? Um, so in the, so it, the first child is born, and within a year, the child's dead. Uh, then another child is born, and boom, again, the baby dies. Um, mm-hmm. And what it is is this, this Coker Cemetery is in the middle of an orange grove until a few years ago, it was completely abandoned, and it is pretty much just one family. It's just the Coker family and their relatives in there, but there are these four headstones for four babies that have the last name Lot, and no one can track down who their family was, right? So in, when you can't understand something and it's a mystery, people make up a story, and that backstory of the Coker kids uh, and of the gypsy slash black person slash Jewish slash traveling <laughs> Jew story makes sense to people, right? It's like, yeah, that, mm-hmm. I, that could happen. That's why those headstones are there, because you can't explain it. And so uh-huh. after, after probably about a year, I was able to track down where this cemetery actually was. And we went out there, and it was right at dusk. And uh, not having set it up ahead of time, we happened to hit a bookstore on the way. And Deanna teaches a little babies, right? So she's, I think she teaches uh, first and, uh, one-year-olds and two-year-olds. She's kind of like a... Um, a, uh, a, a, a nanny, not a nanny, but like in a classroom setting, right? right and right. she happened to stop by and she bought a book 
that was part of the Rise of the Guardians series. So if you remember, like, the movie Rise of the Guardians with, you know, all of the, uh, you know, with the Santa Claus and, and the Easter Bunny and Jack Frost and all these people. Um, so mm-hmm. she, she bought this book, and I was like, you know what we should do? We should read it. Read it to these children and see if we can get them to talk to you. Um, and while we were doing it, and she started to read, and the sun kind of started to go down, um, the feeling and the atmosphere of the cemetery completely changed, right? So one of the things about legend tripping is you're much more in tune with the way your body physically reacts to a haunting as opposed to getting some kind of something on a meter, right? And so Mm -hmm. it completely changed, and I'm filming it, and I'm kind of going in different angles and going behind her and getting her. We just actually posted a video of this. And I clearly see these, the best way I can explain it would be dark wisps. Um, and kind of running toward, not running towards her, but like kind of like swiftly moving towards her, like moving throughout the cemetery. And the weird thing about this cemetery, it's abandoned, right? It's in the middle of a, of a, of a citrus grove. Mm-hmm. Is that there are a lot of kids buried in there, right? There's a lot of kids. And it was almost oh. this moment, and she could feel that something weird was going on. And I was seeing these little kind of, like I said, uh, 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 dark wisps. Didn't get a negative feeling, but definitely dark. They were dark in color, wisping towards different parts of the cemetery towards where she was reading, almost like a whole bunch of kids running to hear what she was saying. Um, oh, God. And she kind of got the complete feeling of it, and I'm filming it, and it doesn't, you can't really see anything on the, on the, um, on, on the video, unfortunately. You know, that's what, there's still a part of me that wants that evidence, right? Um, right. right. And, and she was just completely impacted by that. And afterwards was even saying, like, there was a time that I'm like, yep, I, I, the time that you turned around is the time that I said I saw something on the video, right? And mm-hmm. it's it just really, um, it's one of those things where you can't explain it. You can't make someone who didn't go through it feel it. Um, but you can retell that story, right? And you can hope that people get, wow, that backstory is really interesting. The location is really beautiful. Something weird happened in it. And when all those things can kind of combine, that's like, you know, the best moment of a, of a legend trip. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I think that's what Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it's, it, and Arcadia is a really good example of the other part of uh, what we do on Tripping on Legends, which is um, <laughs> introducing people to history that they might not know, right? So mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. about three miles from that grove um, is this great cemetery called Oak Ridge Cemetery. If, if anyone's followed my social media, um, which I know you guys are dying for my posts every day. We, I went there last week with my kids. Uh, <laughs> it's a great example of social distancing. Go to a cemetery. You're not going to see many people, right? Uh, right. Um, but one of, the, one of the really interesting things about this cemetery, which has three great legends attached to it, um, one of the legends is of the race uh, pilots, right? So the Royal Air Force, during World War II, they couldn't train their pilots because, guess what? They were being bombed by Nazis all the time, right? So how are you going to train yeah. your pilots to fight if every time you get up in the air, they're automatically attacked? And so these mm, people were all uh, exported to Florida, right? So to this little town in Florida, and this is where they learned to fly their planes, and they went back and became, you know, uh, no, never has have so few, uh, so many owed so much to so few, is what Churchill said about them. But they trained mm-hmm. in Florida. And when I tell that to people, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm actually unleashing their history, or I'm unlocking the history that they never knew of. Just Mm -hmm. so happens to be an extremely haunted part of the cemetery, too. Um, And so, you know, 
when I went there with the kids and when I went there on my initial trip with my first host, um, what we did was try to get, once again, try to get these, uh, these airmen to talk to us. So we went there and we dropped coins on the graves because that's a sign of respect. And mm-hmm. it was crazy because um, the first time we went there, we read uh, In Flanders Field. So what, the other part of legend tripping is you do something to try to trigger what's going on, right? So mm-hmm. for that children, we read the book. And we put coins down, which is part of the legend. If you put coins down, you're supposed to get good luck. I haven't had good luck because I've been locked in Corona ever since, right? Um, <laughs> but... You know, this place, what we did was we played music from the 40s, music that would be identifiable to them. Um, and then we read In Flanders Field, which is, you know, the famous war poem uh, that, that so many English people kind of embrace and have to learn as school children and all that stuff like that in the hopes that they would talk to us. Um, and it got eerily quiet. Like, it's a loud cemetery. It's in the middle of this town. You can hear motorcycles all the time, uh, although we could never see the motorcycles. People have heard the planes flying up ahead. Uh, we got the planes on this t- attempt. We thought we actually were able to record the ghost planes when I was with my kids this time. Um, mm. And when you're in there, it's just like you are in a vortex. Like, the outside world, for moments while you're in there, just stops. Like, you don't hear anything whatsoever. Now, as an investigator, that's horrible, right? Like, you can't bottle that. <laughs> you can't present that. You can't make a YouTube video or a... Or a, or a, or a, or a travel channel <laughs> clip on right. that, right? But, but as a person who loves the paranormal and loves those moments and gets invigorated by that, it was a really, really cool time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it, it, it's the other extreme to have that right. silence, too. That's sort of, yeah, that's right, sort of right, like, right. That's, that's sort of like uh, Dogtown. Dogtown has that same ambiance. Yeah, exactly. Now, we never ended up going there together, but we've been there on separate occasions. And it does mm-hmm. have that kind of like the world drops away for a moment while you're in there. And then all of a sudden you hear the gunshots, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in Dogtown. <laughs> <laughs> but no birds, no nothing. It's just deadly quiet. Yeah. It's, it's funny, so, you know, because um, – do you have a question? I, I got another story unless you got a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fine. I, I was just going to say, I mean, we, we uh, I remember going with you to uh, Dungeon Rock and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a unique experience, too. So are you, are you primarily doing that same type of thing, except you're doing more of the background uh, on these sites as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a place like Dungeon Rock, um, mm-hmm. which is which is primarily, I think, kind of like most of these are. Else you want oh, to know about? Then why not Whoop. advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads, did you? Your message nope. out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at any ghost project at Comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest this evening, Christopher Balzano from Tripping on Legends. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, today's show is brought to you, of course, by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And don't forget the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. So if, if you're getting tired of that mate of yours... Go see him. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Chris, uh, sorry about that. Uh, we had a little mix-up no on the uh, break. Uh, don't remember where we were, but uh, we'll start off fresh. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> so uh, just before the break, you were going to say you you uh, you had another story for us, which was uh, intriguing. Uh, I saw you. Wait a minute. I saw your latest one, which I I wanted to ask you about, and I might as well ask you now since I'll yeah. forget. Is that uh, the Greenbrier Ghost? Uh, I think that's a yeah. That was just a, a, a something from I think West Virginia, right? West Virginia. I just reposted it. That's a story. I haven't looked into that one. That's uh. That's, oh, um, okay. I just that's happened about to see it on you. Thousand miles from me. Oh, oh wow. yeah, that's fine. Excuse me. But is it the Greenbrier ghost? Isn't that the the one where they – it's the first case where ghost testimony uh, convicted the person or something like that? Or am I missing that up with some other green something or other? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I know that there was, I know that there was uh, um, a case in Massachusetts. Uh, no, this is down that way. Ghostly testimony. It was in West Virginia, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't think that that was the case that I posted. I don't okay. know. To be honest, I didn't read it. it just I read the first half. It sounded interesting. I was like, I haven't put anything out today, so. Boom. <laughs> okay, so there you go. All right, so I will turn <laughs> exactly. it back to you then. Which is how legends start, right? You only half remember things. Yeah, I know. That's my my problem. <laughs> Ditto. But if you're wrong, you only remember a third of it, so it's all good. <laughs> All right, so you can uh, take us down another route. That's fine. <laughs> well, I was I was going to talk about Dungeon Rock because you talked about it. Um, oh, okay, yeah, oh, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I I think Dungeon Rock is a really good example of what most of these ghostly legends are, which is something weird happens um, that you can explain away or you can't understand, like you can't explain it away, you can't understand what's happening, it might be natural, might be supernatural, but you make up a story about it that makes sense given people that were around. You know, like uh, you had Jeff on yesterday. Jeff is famous for saying, you know, any uh, any paranormal happening that happens is definitely George Washington's ghost if he came within 100 feet of it, right? Like, if George <laughs> Washington was there, it's his ghost, right? So, you know, the, the case of Dungeon Rock is a good example of, I think, um, something really weird and creepy is going on there. I think something unexplained is going on there 
and something is drawn to that point. Um, people don't know what that is. People can't explain what it is, so they fall back on history of the place, which is, well, you know, there was a guy who used to come here and dig all the time. Um, and so for people who don't know the story, and Ron, you can totally correct me on this. I think you've done more research on this. There was a man who was, he was a spiritualist who was told that someone had buried gold there, and if he kept digging, he would eventually find it, and that would help fund his church. And so uh, every day it, he went into it was, the yeah, tunnel yeah, searching it, for gold. It kind of blew that. <laughs> it's basically that about uh, Veal the pirate, and uh, he lands, and he goes up the river, and the British get wind of it. Um, they attack the party. There's like four of them. Uh, he escapes with the, supposedly the treasure, goes up to Dungeon Rock, lives in Dungeon Rock, goes back in the town every so often, does work as a cobbler and so forth, and and uh, lives lives up in the cave. And eventually uh, there's an earthquake, and it uh, caves in, and he dies. Uh, fast forward uh, fast forward a few years later, quite a few years later, uh, there's a spiritualist, one of the early spiritualists. Uh, he gets in contact with the ghost of the pirate and tells him that the gold uh, is in there, and he tries to give him information uh, on how to retrieve it. Uh, he eventually dies, and his son takes over, but they never find the gold. So that's the gist of it anyway. Right, right. So, you know, that's a really good example of, I think, that for me, I think both the pirate uh, if the pirate existed, and the spiritualist, who we can prove existed, um, both were drawn to that site because something weird paranormally is going on, right? Um, I don't necessarily think that what people have seen is the guy, right? But he's the backstory that they need to make sense of what the weird stuff that's going on there. You know, those those figures that people see are the mysterious figure, the mysterious dark figure that, that that's seen going in and out of the of the tunnel... They need to explain what that is, and you know what? That makes a really good story. So, yeah, it's a pirate because pirates are awesome, and it's a spiritualist because we're confused as heck by that, um, and we know he was there. And so, you know, it, it's, it's Tripping on Legends is all about finding these places where there's a ghost story going on, um, and people have tried to explain it, and they always fall back on things they're scared of, things they know, or things that, like, make their, mate, their brain go flippity-flop. And so, like... They're like, well, that's weird, and something weird is going on, so the two things must explain each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so people have asked me, like, oh, this place is haunted. Are you going to go there? And I'm like, no. There was a guy shot there, like, ten years ago, and people say they see his ghost. Like, that's not a ghostly legend. Like, that's about as interesting as, you know, I don't know, not anything. <laughs> so, you know, like... It, it, <laughs> So I don't do that. Or people want me to go into their houses, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really do that anymore. I'll, I'll do it once in a while for a friend. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's got to have some kind of rich history about it. It's got to have something that, like, you can you can chew on as opposed to just being a haunted place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my green briar ghost because I have found the story. The ghost okay, who good. gave legal, legal testimony. Um. Just outside of uh, Lewisburg, uh, Greenbrier County, County uh, in West Virginia, uh, is okay. the only. Co- There's a marker actually on a, a road marker. It says the only case which testimony from a ghost helped convict the murderer. The historical oh, yeah. marker is referring to the Greenbrier ghost, Elver Zona Hester Sue. Shoe, excuse me, known as Zona, thank God, in 1890 cents, 
uh, in eight, Zona was uh, a well-liked local woman and a newlywed uh, who mysterious uh, to a mysterious blacksmith, uh, Edward. Only three months after their marriage, she was found dead. The local doctor was called in to inspect the body. Unfortunately, he didn't arrive until an hour later. The grief-stricken Edward laid over the body, sobbing, and uh, it was obvious to him that uh, he, you know, he was really distraught. So he gave the body a quick look over and pinned her uh, cause of death as everlasting faint. That works. <laughs> Which was later. Faint. Everlasting faint. Yeah. Which was later revised to childbirth. So figure that one out. <laughs> Case closed. Not so fast. Contrary, contrary uh, to local custom where the woman of the town would usually prepare the body for burial, uh, Edward dressed her herself in a high, stiff, high-necked, stiff, collared dress. Boy, say that one three times fast. Okay. I can't even say it once slow. <laughs> Edward's behavior at the funeral was baffling. He hovered over Zona's body, not letting any of the loved ones get close to it uh, when they said their goodbyes. And uh, when it was time to move her body to its final resting place, several people noticed Zona's head sported uh, odd looseness. Ooh, odd looseness. Within a month, Zona was buried. Her mother, Jane Mir Hester, who didn't believe in ghosts, told people around town that her daughter was visiting her at her bedside at night, insisting that she had been strangled by uh, in a rage by Edward. Mm-hmm. Uh, after four of these uh, nightmarish uh, in a row, uh, Mary Jane decided to tell a story to the county's prosecuting attorney. So uh, he became so intrigued by the tale that he reopened the investigation, exhumed Zoner's body, and indeed her neck was broken and crushed at the windpipe. Edward was found guilty for by a jury. After an hour and 10 minutes of deliberation, and there you go. And he was uh, convicted of murder and Good. died in state prison. There you go. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember that for a long time ago. That was one of the most intriguing stories that I had uh, did. So anyway, huh? my bad. Zona was speaking no, from the grave. That. Love that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so see what you missed out on? Should have went to West Virginia. <laughs> if you want to hear the story, if you want to read the story in its entirety, please go to Facebook.com backslash Tripping on Legends, where I have posted that story. There you go. So I, they, I, I, uh, advertising in there out of it. So <laughs> no, It's also on Chris Belzano's uh, page, Facebook page if you're a friend to him. I don't know how many friends he has, but if you are one. <laughs> I think he has a few. It makes me really wonder how many I do. <laughs> so, so uh, just what's oh, one of your favorite similar story to yeah. that years ago? It's it's in uh, it's in one of my books, which was um, there's a whole bunch of really weird things happened, but but the the beginning of the story, the spark of the story was there was this little girl who had been killed, um, and her uh if I'm, I'm trying to remember the story exactly right but her the person who thought they the was convicted of killing her or everyone who thought it killed her uh was a babysitter who uh the little girl died um and she went missing and then they couldn't they couldn't find her for a while and then they found her and she had been, you know murdered 
and the babysitter uh, confessed to the crime, um, and she was a crack addict. Actually, she was a, a, a crystal meth addict, and she was just spouting it off, just spouting it off, spouting it off, talking about how uh, she had killed her. Um, and pretty much everyone after the fact, like years later, assumed that she meant like she felt she was responsible for it. But she was arrested, and during the detox of it, um, was uh, was died, like of of kind of coming off of the drug. And mm-hmm. they kind of closed the case because there was enough circumstantial evidence, and she had done this kind of like you know uh, this, this this confession, and yet this ghost started to appear to different people um, who were connected to the case, right? So the first person that it appeared to was one of the detectives, um, and it appeared to the coroner, right? So the coroner who, who is, had handled this, this little girl just couldn't get over it. She was devastated by having to do this little girl and, and, how, and how horrible the condition of the body was. She thought that she had been kind of uh, um, hardened to that, and so she was determined to, like, you know, find justice for this little girl when she started to see her. And so she called in this psychic named Jackie Barrett. And Jackie Barrett kind of was able to communicate with this spirit, and they it led them indirectly to the person uh, who actually was committing several similar crimes in the area, and no one had kind of pieced together that it was a serial killer yet. Um, ah. And through other evidence, they were able to convict him of these other crimes that had happened, but initially the spark of it was this little girl had appeared to several people connected to the case, and then this psychic had made contact with her, um, and then they were able to find evidence to convict him of other things. And everyone in the case is very, very hush-hush. Like, I'm not allowed to reveal, like, who these people actually were. I was just kind of given, like, okay, here's the situation. I was given the files. Like, I looked at the files and everything. Um, But this is, once again, a really interesting case of the dead coming back to kind of give testimony on who killed them. Like, it sounds like it's fake, right? It sounds like it's too good to be true. Like, it's something you would you would see in a movie, but it actually did happen. And and, and that little girl actually stayed with, with Jackie for a while. And um, the only time she got rid of her uh, was when Jackie eventually went to the Lizzie Borden house. And after that, she never saw her again. And so... You know, Jackie and I are convinced that she is either trapped in the in the Lizzie Borden house, or she's there playing with the the kids instead of there. See, my dog thinks so too, which is why my dog is barking. Spook <laughs> stuff. So it's usually it's my dog. It's, there's a lot more involved in the case. Uh, it, it's kind of like it's three different paranormal stories all at once. That's uh, that's in my um, haunted objects book. Ah. Oh, your haunted objects book. Yeah, is that the one you is that the one you wrote with um, uh, Spooky South Coast? Uh, yep, what's his Tim name? Weisberg. Tim Tim, Tim Weisberg, Weisberg, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love excellent. that book. No, no one else really loved it. <laughs> like the publisher didn't really know how to. Uh, they weren't used to doing paranormal books, and they and, and Tim and I like hit the road with that. Like we were on every show and promoting it. It's a really cool book because. Um, it's these, it's these amazing stories of real stories that happened kind of mixed in with folklore ones, right? So you take something like, um, you know, the, the famous, um, um, you know, uh, Porsche of, uh, of James Dean, right? And the, yeah. the you know, Frank Ferdinand, his car, and, and these cursed cars where they're, 
supposedly the pieces go to other places and those people have accidents. And then you mix it with like a, a good story that as someone else who bought a car had weird things happen. So it's a really interesting book if you can find it. I was going to ask you, is it available still? It's available. It's not available from the publisher because the publisher went under and then was sold oh, and that, was sold and went bankrupt and all this stuff like that. But you can find the book itself on Amazon still. Ah, must have been Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Adams bought it at one point, actually. <laughs> anyway, you were joking. But uh, they actually owned the title for a while. Yeah, that's that's a shame. But yeah, it sounds like a really intriguing book. I never did end up getting a copy of it, but uh, I will uh, see I if can I can help one. one down. What's that? I said I can send you one because I love you so much, Ron. Oh, oh I would love that. You, you know that. Have to read your copy, but I'll send re- one. I remember oh, when best. we had uh, we had Tim on the show. Yeah, he wouldn't on our haunted object yeah. show. He said he didn't have any, and he couldn't he couldn't even get any from the publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried for one day. I tried to track down. There's got to be some copy somewhere in a warehouse somewhere, right? But him and I have both tried to track it down. So I bought, like, every copy that I could when they sent the notice. And then I bought uh, for my my Halloween season. I was doing a lot of libraries and a lot of events. So I was like, I'm going to buy every one that I can on the Internet. So I do have Uh a few left. I have probably the last 15 uh, that are out there to be uh, sold. Uh, uh, so I could definitely. I hate to. Together. I'd hate to take your your stock off you though. That's the only problem. Yeah. Um, it anyway, a dollar we, for it. We'll it's talk. Not even worth that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, do you ever think of redoing it as self published? Um, we have. We, we're trying to um, think of the best way to get it out there, like to self publish it, to do a digital thing, to try to sell it to mm-hmm. another publisher, and like fill in the gaps, but. You know, as you know, Tim, Tim's extremely busy these days, um, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, you know, we, we, we talk about it for a little bit, and then we kind of both forget because we're doing other things, and we talk about it for a little bit. But I, I think it's a really good book, and I think we could add to it because we were kind mm-hmm. of under a deadline with it, and I think, you know, it definitely has potential to be resurrected. So mm-hmm. I had actually proposed a book. I was going to do one on uh, curses and cursed objects and so forth as well, and the publisher shot it down, so... Uh, uh-huh. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you came out. That's something that you self-publish, Ron, because there's an audience out there. They're crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you came out with it. So that that happy happy that happened because some of the items that were in it uh, were definitely the ones I was looking at too. So that that's awesome. So, anyways, um, you what do you have coming up? Any any new leads now? And anything really good and exciting? Well, right now, unfortunately, my the book that was supposed to be out last month. Um, got pushed back. Uh, my new book, which is going to be out uh, in August, is oh. called Florida's Haunted Love Stories, right? So it's all these great oh. legend trips that I've this been on great. that have love as the background. The, the backstory has something to do with love. Hmm. And That's it was different. published Excellent. on Valentine's Day, right? But I was just going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll book you next year for Valentine's Day already. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I'm not going to have a day? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so I, that's the, the primary thing is I'm just kind of, you know, I already have enough material from what I didn't get to put in the book and since then to uh, put it out, so, like to put out a second book of it if they want, you know, just kind of hold on to those stories until this one to see how this one does. Um, I'm also mm-hmm. working on this new project called This Town is Myth, um, oh, this, which what? is a 
about this little town in Florida um, called Pemberton Ferry that no one remembers. Like, this was a booming town less than 100 years ago. It had more than 100 families, had a hotel, had a, a railroad station, um, had a ton of commerce, um, and there is almost no record that it ever existed. Like, town records really? don't exist anymore. Um, and it's unusual because it has several uh, kind of sister cities, right? Like, there's a one where there's one city, or one town, I should say, that's right over uh, the lake from it, right over the river from it. And that is a paranormal hotspot. That's considered one of the most haunted towns in Florida. It's called Brooksville. And <laughs> this Pemberton Ferry should have all of the history and all the paranormal stuff that Brooksville does, but it doesn't, right? So it's this weird place where um, I was just there um, last week. I went there with my kids. Once again, Greek social distancing. And mm-hmm. it, all, it all started with us trying to save this cemetery that was there, that this woman uh, had gone to as a child. And she's like, they're going to tear it down. I want to save the cemetery. And so she got into contact mm-hmm. with me about it. But I've been there probably five times. And the weirdest thing, uh, guys, is that <laughs> the different markers that, um, that make up the town, right? So one is the Dade Battlefield, where this great uh, battle called the Dade Massacre happened. Right, that's like okay. slightly outside of where the town is. Then there's the cemetery. Then there's this place called Iron Bridge, and Iron Bridge is the deadliest place in Florida. More people have died at this location, uh, you know, without a big tragedy happening, like a battle or, or, or a war or something like that, or a shooting, unfortunately. Right, more people have died um, in this one location over the last hundred years, and wow. yet no one has ever seen a ghost. No one has any kind of ghost story as to why. Like Horn Pond, for example, I always use. You guys probably both know Horn yeah, Pond. Yeah, it's it's too di- it's too damn hot in Florida. That's why. <laughs> but but the weird thing is, is that there are ghost stories all around this town. Well, when oh, we okay. went there last week, oh, weird. I've been like I said, I've been to this place probably about five times. These different locations. Every mm-hmm. time you go, they're in a different place. Now I know that mm. sounds really weird, and you can't put your finger on it. But the first time I went there, it took about 15 minutes to get from the cemetery to uh, from the cemetery to uh, where this deadliest place is. When I went there with my kids, it took two. I'm not even <laughs> like it's a town where things shift. Uh, I've I've got people who uh, work for the Department of Agriculture who say, "Yeah, we go out there and we and we document something and we mark a tree." And then we go back there a week later, and the tree's not there anymore. And it's not cut down. You don't see any evidence of it. And then we'll go three weeks later, and we'll see the tree again at the same location. That's messed up. It's this Come very on. weird vortex place. Sounds like a road trip, man. I know, right? Almost, <laughs> we have a find almost it. entirely, the history's been wiped out. Like, there are very few records that this town uh, existed. The only way you can find any mention of it, right? And, this, and there's a lot of towns in Florida like this except for they then have documentation that it existed, right? They've got old records. The records have been shifted to another town. This place has none of that. So I'm not exactly sure where the whole project is going. It's just this constant, every time I, uh, every time I do something in relation to this, another, another layer of the onion comes off. And it's like, wait a minute, that's really weird. You know? Hmm. Can, I give you, can I give you actually a quick example? Yeah, we have time. Do we have time? So, yeah. so my... I went there with my kids, 
and we went to this to this iron bridge uh, um, where the where the remains of the bridge that connected these two towns are right two different counties each on one side of the river two different towns and now mm-hmm. people just consider it one big town but it, it's not like they're two separate places <laughs> well I went there with my kids we took as we did every day that we went out on these wacky adventures we had to have taken about 30 pictures. I downloaded the pictures into my computer. About seven remain. I don't know where the other 20, 20 something are. Like, I just don't know. They were on my phone, and now they're not on my phone, right? Mm, and oh, so wow. I am, I am, I am scourging around, I, and I'm finding them in random files, and I'm trying to compile them together to put them up there. You can go to either uh, facebook.com backslash this town is myth or tripping on legends to see some of these pictures, right? And so mm-hmm. I put them out there. And, and I'm like, all right, I need to take a break for a minute. And so I, I step away. Uh, before I post them, I step away, and I, um, I, I come back maybe two minutes later. And I'm not even kidding, you guys. I come back two minutes later, and my, the, the, the wire to my mouse is now draped over a candle that I have and is now burned through. So now I can't use oh. my mouse to, to finish downloading these pictures, right? So I'm like, mm. oh, what am I going to do? I, I can't go out. I'm like, you know what? I, I can't not do it. Like, I've got to go out to Target. I've got to, you know, break my social distancing and go to Target uh-huh. and get another mouse, right? And so I run to Target. I get another mouse. I come home. I plug it in. The mouse is broken. So it's that those are the little things that happen. <laughs> that is bizarre. So. That's crazy. It Somebody's got to go for you. how many coincidences. We call it hashtag follow the signs. How many coincidences make it so that you have to start, like, taking things seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, again, as an investigator, yeah. you can't do that. But as a folklorist, you could totally live on that crap. So That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are running out of time, believe it or not. Wow. That was fast. Aww. I'm trying to find you out what happened to the bell. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> You did? Yeah, I heard it. Oh, my bad then. You're Anyways, bad. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Circles to Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street in North Andover, Mass. Focus, compassionate, strong woman. They'll fight your battle for you. Anyway, <laughs> Chris Bozano has been our guest. We want to thank you very much. Thank you guys very much. I miss both of you, actually, horribly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> pay, pay, pay to have me come Wait, up and visit. Yeah. yeah you see days, huh? Oh. <laughs> That's a shame. So uh, I, I, I don't know how much time we cut. Let me see. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And 30 seconds. Is it so hot that it makes it difficult to go in these places? Um, no, it's, it's actually the swamps. Uh, I can't tell you how many legend trips we've been on that we've run into <laughs> alligators that were like, oh, my word, is it a ghost? No, it's an alligator, and it's going to eat you. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's actually you. much worse for that than it is the actual heat. <laughs> All right. We're out of time. So, uh, anyways, Chris, thank note. you so much for joining us today. And uh, once again, uh, yeah, whatever. So stay safe, <laughs> everyone, and thanks for listening. Good night, and God bless. Stay safe, everybody. Take care. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great night. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.